Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In three, two, one. Seven things you probably didn't know, you need to know. I'm Jamie East and this is the standard. Over the next seven minutes or so, we'll look back at a week that saw Joe Biden make a surprise visit to Kyiv to mark the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion, Rishi's struggle to make progress on the Northern Ireland Protocol, Keir Starmer building an election manifesto, and plenty of drama from the BAFTAs. Grab a slice of toast and a cup of something good and get up to speed on everything you need to know from the week in seven minutes. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. Don't forget to hit the follow button to get your daily updates at 7am. U.S. President Joe Biden made a surprise visit to Ukraine on Monday, just days before the anniversary of Russia's invasion. As well as committing to a further $500 million of military support, including more ammunition for long-range rocket systems, he pledged further sanctions against Moscow. He also said Vladimir Putin had underestimated the West's resolve, telling Russia it was dead wrong to assume Western support for Ukraine could be outlasted. I was warning the world that he was going to attack. I was certain of it. I thought it was critical that there would not be any doubt, none whatsoever, about U.S. support for Ukraine in their war against the brutal attack by Russia. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was optimistic after the visit. And this is really the most important visit of the whole history of Ukraine-U.S. relationship. Tuesday saw Vladimir Putin take the stage, addressing Russia's joint houses of parliament for the first time since 2021. As usual, Vladimir was busy blaming everyone except Russia for the ongoing war. The responsibility for escalation of Ukrainian conflict and uh, fanning it is fully and square on the Western elites and, of course, on today's... Kiev regime. His two-hour speech gave no hint of regret or any sign of compromise. Instead, he spoke about suspending Russia's participation in the New START agreement, which is the last remaining nuclear arms control agreement between Russia and the United States. He also warned that Russia was ready to resume nuclear testing. US President Joe Biden responded from Warsaw, where he met with NATO and pledged ongoing support for Ukraine. One year ago, the world was bracing for the fall of Kiev. Well, I've just come from a visit to Kyiv, and I can report Kyiv stands strong. Kyiv stands proud. It stands tall. And most important, it stands free. As the anniversary of the war loomed, Ukrainian First Lady Elena Zelenska spoke to Susanna Reid of Good Morning Britain, who was on site in Kyiv, and she praised the UK for their steadfast support of Ukraine in the face of Russia's aggression. Great Britain, from day one, demonstrated the most sincere and the most powerful support. And this is truly a great example of leadership. Friday saw the UK hold a minute's silence at 11am to mark the invasion's one-year anniversary. But as Vladimir Putin made clear throughout the week, the war is by no means over. And during a speech to mark Defender of the Fatherland Day, he announced Russia will deploy its new Sarmat intercontinental ballistic missile, nicknamed Satan-2. UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres called out Moscow's threats about possible use of nuclear weapons. The so-called tactical use of nuclear weapons is utterly unacceptable. It is high time to step back from the brink. 
The UN passed a resolution calling for comprehensive, just and lasting peace on Thursday, a vote which China abstained from. Meanwhile, NATO Secretary-General Jen Stoltenberg, speaking at the B9 conference, reinforced the support for Ukraine and made NATO's stance clear. We will stand by Ukraine for as long as it takes. I met with President Biden and uh, what we call the B9 leaders. And the message from from them, as it is from all NATO allies, is that uh, we cannot allow Putin to win in uh, Ukraine. This week has seen non-stop speculation over whether or not there'll be a new deal on the Northern Ireland Protocol. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's been attempting to walk the impossible line required to keep the EU, Northern Ireland politicians and the Brexit-loving Tory backbenchers happy. And on Wednesday, it seemed like there was only one question on everyone's lips at Prime Minister's question time. Labour leader Sakir Starmer was the first to ask, well, how it was going. We are still in active discussions with the European Union, but he should know that I am a Conservative, a Brexiter and a Unionist in any agreement that we reach needs to tick all three boxes. Keir didn't seem too impressed by Rishi's membership badges and pointed out that 25 years on from the Good Friday Agreement, both sides need to be considered in any deal. Politics in Northern Ireland is built on trust and not telling people what they want to hear. And the need to take seriously the concerns of both communities, nationalists and unionists. It's vital their voices are heard. Rishi did at least appear to suggest there'll be a vote on any bill and Labour's Shadow Attorney-General Emily Thornbury says that Labour will be happy to support a sensible proposal that avoids Brexit extremists. If it's a deal that's in the interests of our country, the Prime Minister can rely on us to support him. He doesn't have to negotiate with these headbangers in the Tory party. Labour leader Sakir Starmer laid out his plan for the UK on Thursday as part of the building blocks of Labour's next election manifesto. His central argument is that after 12 years of Tory rule, it's time to give someone else a go, ideally him. He has five missions for a better Britain, as he explained during a speech in Manchester, placing them directly against Rishi's five promises. Mission one, secure the highest sustained growth in the G7. Mission two, build an NHS fit for the future. Mission three, Make Britain's streets safe. Mission four, break down the barriers to opportunity at every stage for every child. And five, we will make Britain a clean energy superpower. So far so good. And with a healthy lead in the polls and a Tory government on its third prime minister, what's the next step in Keir's plan? If anyone wants to know, do the public trust and want any of this, then there's a very good way to find out. Let's have a general election. Sadly, we are now now able to confirm that yesterday we recovered Nicola Bully from the River Wire. Nicola's family have been informed and are, of course, devastated. That was Assistant Chief Constable Peter Lawson of Lancashire Police confirming that the body found on Sunday was, in fact, Nicola Bully. The 45-year-old mum of two disappeared just over three weeks ago whilst out walking a dog near the water in St Michael's-on-Wire. Before the formal identification was made, Nicola's partner Paul Ansell said there are no words right now, just agony. Her family has since criticised sections of the media for what they called a shameful intrusion of their privacy while the search went on. DCS Pauline Stables read out a statement on their behalf. We will never be able to comprehend what Nikki had gone through in her last moment and that will never leave us. We will never forget Nikki. How could we? She was the centre of our world. She was the one who made our lives so special and nothing will cast a shadow over that. Still to come on the standout section.
27, Donald Trump goes on tour and there's plenty of Irish delight at the BAFTAs. Right after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. The derailment of a train full of chemicals and the subsequent fire in Ohio near a town called East Palestine has become the latest right-wing sensation in the United States. Presidential candidate Donald Trump headed off for a visit on Wednesday amid claims that the water and air have become polluted and unsafe. The derailment might in part have been caused by Trump rolling back safety regulations, but that didn't come up during his visit. He seemed more concerned with self-promotion. We're bringing thousands of bottles of water, Trump water actually, most of it. Some of it we had to go to a much less lesser quality water, but we're bringing a lot of water. Anyway, State Governor Mike DeWine says Joe Biden's already offered to help, but that there's no need. Look, the president called me and said, anything you need, uh, I have not called him back. This year's Eurovision Song Contest is going to be a special affair because of the ongoing war in the Ukraine, the contest moves to the UK and Liverpool is the host city. Wednesday saw the formal announcement of the sizeable BBC presenter team. There are four main hosts, plus radio and TV commentators and probably TikTok correspondents for all I know. The main news is that presenters include Graham Norton and Ted Lasso star Hannah Waddingham, but even the BBC's Martine Croxall struggled with the full announcement. Graham Norton will take turns uh, presenting the main show. That's not Graham. Norton, by the way, uh, taking his regular place in the commentary box alongside presenter Mel Gidroich. That's not her either. That's Scott. That's Rylan. We're catching up. Hannah at least seemed pleased to take on the challenge. Ah! Jesus Christ on a bike. Sorry. The stars hit the red carpet on Sunday night for the 2023 BAFTA Awards, hosted by the unlikely duo of Richard E. Grant and Alison Hammond. The big winners on the night were All Quiet on the Western Front, which took home seven, including Best Picture and Best Director, Kate Blanchett winning Best Actress for Tar, while Austin Butler picked up Best Actor for Baz Luhrmann's Elvis and seemed to be still channelling the king for his speech. Man, this is amazing. I'm really trying to take everything in and be really present. Lastly, I want to thank the Presley family. I cannot thank you guys enough for your love and for sharing with me who Elvis truly was. I hope I've made you proud. The Irish had a good run early on, despite a weird sign language mix-up, which saw Banshee of Inishering Best Actress nominee Carrie Condon almost not get her prize. Barry Keoghan was another Banshee winner, picking up Best Supporting Actor, and managed to thank everyone, including Ireland, in a 30-second speech. I'm going to fly through this because I'm quite nervous. Um, Martin, Colin, Brendan, Kerry, Ireland, Brando... <laughs> Just for my son as well, Brando, for my mother, and also for the kids that are dreaming to, to be something from, from the area that I came from. This for you. This has been the Standout 7, the best of the week from the Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow, 7am, with the Sunday 7. Have a great rest of your weekend.